Hello, everyone, and welcome to Job Board Geek. It's the podcast about the business of connecting candidates and employers. I'm Jeff Dickey Chasens, the Job Board Doctor. I am your host. And straight out of Winnipeg, the funky Stephen Rothberg of College Recruiter is also here with me. Hey, Stephen, how are you doing? Well, you don't want to hear me sing Funky Town, so I'm just going to say that I'm doing pretty well. Uh, yeah, I, I, you know, I don't know if any rappers actually out of Winnipeg. There probably are some. You know, we'll just say that it has a bad rap. Oh, oh, oh. your poor wife, your poor wife. Um, well, listen, today we're lucky to have Mike Corso of Disabled Person here with us. I've known Mike for quite a while. We met at a conference, I don't know how many years ago, and uh, he's got a really interesting story to tell, and including he runs a site that's really quite different on a financial standpoint than anyone else we've talked to. So I think that'll be fun to get into. But um, first of all, Stephen, I just want to talk a little bit about a news item that came out about a week ago or so. It's about a company called IntelliCare, IntelliCare. I, I don't know how you pronounce it, to be quite honest. And they say that they're a gig platform for nurses in long-term care, and they just landed $115 million in funding. That brings them up to $170 million, which puts them at a value of $1.1 billion. Now, the curious thing about these guys, and you see this both in their press releases and on their site, is they really sort of pitch themselves as a marketplace, a gig platform. They talk a lot about their app, et cetera, et cetera. When they're talking in the section where they talk about their business operations and their services to employers, they're continually talking about AI and matching and modernity and all this sort of stuff. But as both you and I know, what they are is a staffing firm. Yeah. So I'm curious to hear what you think about them, Stephen, in terms of the way they talk about themselves. Is all of this stuff about being giggy and marketplace and AI, is that all just to raise money or... Is it also something they're doing to try to differentiate themselves from all the other staffing firms out there? Yeah. Uh, you know, when you brought this to my attention and I was kind of looking at them, I was thinking, okay, where is the job board? Where is the marketplace? Right. It's like Jeff's got to be seeing something here that I'm not. And then I went to their site. I pretended I was a nurse. I actually went part of the way through the process. By the way, if you're going to be getting like any IV drugs um, anytime soon in a clinic, I might be the person administering them. Um, but, uh, <laughs> but uh, you know the expression, if it walks like a duck and talks like a duck, it must be a duck. Um, they neither walk like a duck nor talk like a duck. There is no job board. There is no marketplace. It is a, it's a skin on a staffing company. Now, that's not to say that it's not a good business. It's not to say that they don't have great people working for them, that they don't provide a great service to their customers. That may all be the case. But this is not a job board. This is not a marketplace. It reminds me of so many organizations that have used the buzzwords like Web 2.0 and blockchain and AI and machine learning. And sometimes there's some truth to that, right? Like we talked with uh, Aaron Stewart from job.com. Right. And when I first started to hear that coming out of job.com, I was skeptical. The more I learned, the more I was convinced it actually was true. But there's some other major players in our industry that it's AI this and AI that and AI this. And it's, it's a guy behind a curtain. They have a very nice skin. I think they've got a good business model. But I think they probably saw that the valuations for gig platforms were probably, well, depending upon who you talk to, 
four times revenue and staffing companies one times revenue. And so they can quadruple their valuation by using a different word. And if that's what they're doing, then basically they're lying to the investment community. And maybe rather than watching the rest of the dropout, a miniseries. Maybe I'll be watching a miniseries about these guys in a year. You know, that's that's interesting. That's like an interesting little twist at the end, Stephen. You know, the little knife where you <laughs> twist it, and then you pull it up. Um, the, you know, it reminded me of a company that we both know called Hired.com. Yeah. And Hired.com looks like a job board. And in yes. some very loose ways it acts like a job board, but what it really is, is a recruiting company. Once, you, once the candidate gets through the application process, they're treated just like anyone else that would be working with a with a direct recruiter. And yeah. I always thought that was intriguing because they really sort of pitch that as something that other than what it really was. You know, they were always talking about, you know, our 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 matching capabilities. They they love to use AI as well. And and I think, you know, companies get into these situations where they they try to make themselves sound like whatever, like you said, whatever is the grooviest thing out there that's going to get them the most money at that particular time. I didn't use the word groovy, but... Yeah, well, I'm an old guy. I reserve the right to be able to say that. So I might even say far out later on. So um, (laughs) anyway, today we have Mike Corso of Disabled Person with us. Mike, welcome to Job Board Geek. Hi, how are you? Thanks for having me. I appreciate it. I'm great, and I hope you are too. Uh, hopefully, this will be a pleasant experience for you, and and not make you never want to talk to us again. But you know, oh, we'll no. see what happens. Hey, go for it! <laughs> yeah, I'm I'm all yours. Okay. Well, so Mike, uh, why don't you just start out by telling us how you got into the recruiting side of the business and why you wanted to start Disabled Person? Because I believe you started it back in '99. '99, yeah. So. Prior to disabled person, I was a uh, I was a chiropractor in practice, and, oh. and before that, um, a physician assistant. And I still have the the license for that. Um, I still carry the license. And I became disabled. I couldn't. I had to leave the practice. And we were sitting around my wife and I one day, and I said, you know, I got to do something. Like you know, this internet thing looks pretty promising. <laughs> so. <laughs> Let's let's put up a site. Well, what do we call it? I said, well, I'm a disabled person. Let's call it disabled person. And, and the URL was there. And we started out as a online magazine for people with disabilities. But they just kept emailing and emailing, help us find work, help us find work, help us find work. So we decided at that point to try and do become a job board, whatever that was at that, that point, right back then. And um, we put up some, you know, some semblance of a job board and, you know, little traction. We weren't charging to post jobs or whatever. And we became a nonprofit in 2002. And then 2008, we got a, a grant from the power company here in San Diego. And it was enough to really make a job board. By that time, it was, you know, the, the industry was flushed a little bit, flushed out. And uh, we had an API built. It's kind of like how how we got catapulted into into being a real job board. So so you said you became a nonprofit, and you know I alluded to this earlier. You're the first job board that we've talked to. I mean, you guys are more than job board, or we wouldn't be talking to you. That is a nonprofit. Why why did you do that? Well, the industry it, it doesn't work if you're for profit in a disability community because to to work in the disability community and get to where you need to get to. You have to work with a lot of state agencies, 
and federal agencies, and community organizations, and the, the government agencies, the state, the local, state, and federal, they don't work with, with uh, for-profit entities. So like we're partnered with certain, you know, with, with entities. We're partners with the Department of Rehab in the state of California, for instance. We've been a partner with them for years, 15, 16 years. You can't do that. You can't have those letters, memorandums of understanding if you're for-profit. So we had to go nonprofit to do what we want to do and accomplish the mission we want to accomplish. That's really interesting. And and Jeff, you know, from some of the consulting work that, that you've done for, for College Recruiter, that there there have definitely been years where we've been nonprofit, um, <laughs> but uh, not for-profit. <laughs> Not for profit is a, is a is a different, uh, slightly different issue. And fortunately, those those days are behind us. But one of the things that I, one of the many things that, that I really loved about learning more about disabled persons was the the transparency on on your site, where you just you just lay it all out there. You know, here are the good things we do. Here are some of the struggles that we've had. Um, one of the struggles that I thought would be really interesting for a lot of our readers was you, you talked at, in, in some detail about um, your SEO issues from a couple of years ago. And you referenced Google, that Google came up with a new algorithm. You didn't quite say it this way, but basically you lost like 90% of your traffic overnight. It looks like you brought in a consultant who, who righted the ship, who got you sailing again. Uh, maybe you can talk about that experience. Maybe not so much the Google algorithm change, because I think we all kind of have lived through some of those. But how did you go about selecting that consultant? What were some of the changes that uh, that he made, lessons learned, that type of thing? Yeah, it's real. That's a real interesting topic. It's a topic of my heart, basically, right? Because any, as you know, any job board, you have to do SEO. So I t- I researched and researched and found that, in my opinion, the number one number one SEO marketer in the world is Neil Patel. I don't know if you ever heard of Neil Patel. So I took I took a course for Neil Patel. It was like an eight module course. And then I did more stuff learning from Neil Patel. But I found that I just didn't have time to do SEO plus run the job board plus do the programs that that we run as a nonprofit. So Neil Patel and so I, I called Neil Patel and I said, hey, like what do you like do you guys have any nonprofit stuff? And they they didn't at the time. And like the minimum engagement was like ten thousand dollars a month. That we just couldn't afford that. And it wasn't because of me that that they did this. But then they they created an offshoot called Neil Patel Excel. Mm. And Neil Patel Excel works with small business. It's much more palatable, right? So it was like twelve hundred dollars a month rather than ten thousand a month. So we engaged them for uh, about fourteen, fifteen months. They came in. They did technical audits. They did. You know, they changed this. They helped us with with all this technical stuff. They wrote a couple of blog posts and another Google algorithm came around and we shot up. And Mm. that's, you know, so we've been able to kind of maintain. We're not um, contracted with them anymore because we're kind of at a point. I'm not saying I won't go back to them. But at this point, as a nonprofit, you have to watch every penny that you spent. So right now we're kind of smooth sailing. So, you know, that's where we, we are with that. But highly recommend for any any job board out there. They they caught something we had in our structured data. We had, a, I, I believe it was a colon rest rather than a semicolon. And we changed that and the traffic just, it just started going up. Don't ask me why. But, you know, their technical guy said, hey, you know, you got to change that. <laughs> I was like, oh, OK. And fortunately, we have my son who works who works with us. He um, when he came, he came out of college of 
you know, there's a master's in organizational leadership. And I was kind of like, come and work with us, come and work with us. So he did. And then when he came, I said, you need to learn how to code because we can't, <laughs> we can't keep going out and paying people to do stuff. So he did. He's now like, he's like a, a senior coder now. He's like, you know, I don't know, seven, eight years he's doing it. So, and that really helps because when we get those kind of things, you know, suggestions or whatever, then he just goes in and makes the, you know, makes the adjustment. I don't have to, because we don't hire somebody to do that. We're not big enough to do that. And and is your son dissatisfied with his job? And if so, what's his mobile number and email address? Just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> he he is satisfied, and he had he actually has a he actually has a side business. You know, he has a side business um, where he has a diversity network like 16 job boards and stuff because he knows he knows the business side and he can code he's a rare bird in our industry you know he's 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 like a like an Aunt andrew banover from job target you know who's a coder who had the uh, idea and and knows the business and so yeah so he, it helps a lot that's interesting well mike i was kind of curious i asked this a lot of time uh, of a lot of guests because i think it's really interesting everyone seems to have some things that they do to find candidates that are similar from site to site and then sometimes they do stuff that is not common across a lot of sites i was just curious what's your approach on getting candidates to the site i mean is it totally rely on seo or are there other things that you so we have seo um, we have, we've been around long enough. We have links pretty, you know, everywhere in the disability world. Right. And we also get, um, direct traffic from like a lot of state workforce development boards. They come in, they scrape jobs, you know, for their state, for people with disabilities. You know, we have things like that happen. Some people come and scrape our jobs because they serve people with disabilities and they're not in that field. So they come and scrape our jobs and put it up. So we get that referral traffic as well. So we have, uh, five or six different sources of traffic. The best was when we um, added a clear blue sky about two and a half years ago, three years ago, LinkedIn started scraping our jobs. Oh. We had tons and tons of traffic. I mean, tons. But I knew that, you know, the way it came in, it would go out one day. Somebody would say, what are we doing? And sure enough, one day I woke up and it all went away. And that's why you have to have multiple sources. Right. You can't rely on one source. Like everybody else, you know, you have the fluctuation, the peaks and the valleys. And we just try and, you know, keep them as level as possible. Now, did you have the same big drop off that so many of my clients had when the pandemic hit? And and then if you did, did it come back after a certain amount of time? Yeah, we did, but not. So we average about 130,000 people a month. And, and at the beginning of the pandemic, we went down to about 50 and then we, we climbed back up. Mm -hmm. And was that, was that, did that happen pretty quickly? Like within a couple of months of the first hit or did it take longer? I would say by in April of 20, we, you know, we started getting, like we had that decline and we came back up like somewhere around July, or August, but there was a couple of months there that, that was, you know, hairy. That's a yeah. term from the seventies, right? Pretty hairy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think I think there was um, a lot of uh, coffee consumed during that time period in in the job board world. So yeah, I think so. So one thing that that you guys offer, or I think you offer, that almost no other job board that I've talked to or clients I've worked with have, is that you 
you offer OFCCP compliance. Can can you talk to me about how that how that works? Sure. So so the metrics on our sites, on all three of our sites, are set up for the for the six metric points of OFCCP. We became OFCCP an OFCCP board, basically, if you want to call it that, in 2014, the Obama administration. There. Their Department of Labor, Office of Federal Contract Compliance Programs, instituted new rules for federal contractors. Mm-hmm. And one of them was that you need to hire people with disabilities. Six percent of your workforce need to be people with disabilities. It wasn't a mandate, but if you didn't comply, it opened you up to a large audit, like bigger audit. And then they had the um, protected veterans. At that point, it was 7%. This year, it's 5%. And we kind of became the default site because we were working with California, you know, state agencies and federal agencies, whatever. And then we kind of became that site where people were like, okay, we need that compliance. And now we have a, a like a relationship um, with them. We're a resource on the OCCP resource page. If you're a federal contractor and you want to like check those boxes, I hate to use that term, but we're kind of the, the game in town. That makes sense. Yeah. And if I may just interject for the, for the, Listeners outside of the U.S., um, OFCCP is, and, and Mike, definitely, you're, you're going to be able to characterize this or phrase this better than me, but it's basically a, a federal non-discrimination um, law yes. that if you're, a, if you're a large enterprise, if you're a contractor, even if you have like 12 employees, but you have a contract with the federal government to provide services or products or whatever, you have to, there are certain things that you have to comply with within your labor practices. Um, if you run a corner grocery shop and it's you and you know your nephew, that's not something that you have to worry about. But basically, any organization of any size is it needs to comply with these laws in the U.S. Yeah, they have to. The contract needs to be more than fifty thousand dollars a year, and that there is a limit on the employees, the number of employees. I think it's fifty or something, fifty or a hundred, something like that. Um, but yeah, they have to do it, and we've. You know, we've actually gotten referrals from OSCCP that, you know, they say, hey, work with this, work with this company type of thing. And we write letters all the time for, you know, for clients and stuff and supporting them. Interesting. I remember uh, Ted uh, Vet Jobs was always talking about OFCCP compliance at the conferences. Yeah, Yeah, Ted Ted was fun. He he, uh, was was a personality, wasn't he? Yeah, great guy. (laughs) He he would usually he would usually have the word uh, or the the acronym OFCCP and then the phrase nanny state in the same sentence. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> or, or words that we can't say in the podcast. So yeah. well, we could, but we don't want that explicit rating. Yeah, we don't we don't need the, the Chad and Cheese rating. Um, well, well, Mike, it's been great to have you on. If people want to get in touch with you and talk to you about any of your various adventures. I suspect you'll have a few people reaching out to ask you about SEO. Um, how did they get a hold of you? Yeah, Mike at disabledperson.com. It's pretty simple. Um, you can you can call me at, at uh, 760-420-1269. Happy to talk. I don't need, just call. If I pick up the phone, I'm not doing anything. I'll talk. You know, we don't need a formal Let's call it, you know, three weeks from Tuesday. I find that one of the funniest things in business. It's like, you know, well, people will call and say, hey, I'd like to set up an appointment with you. Yes. Okay, well, I'm here now. What do you got to say? Let's talk. (laughs) I I only need five minutes of your time. Can Can we do that three weeks from now? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, well, Mike, I, I will say then you've you've also 
apart from being the first nonprofit, you're also the first guest that's given their phone number on the show. So uh, you're just, you're breaking barriers right and left. So congratulations. You know what? It's, when you're a nonprofit, there's nothing to hide. Because if you're hiding anything, you could be in a lot of trouble. <laughs> so You're naked to the world. Transparency so. is, is the thing. So Well, thanks. Thanks for coming on the show. It's been, it's been great. Yeah, same here. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it. You bet. And Stephen, if people want to get a hold of you, how do they do that? Well, fortunately for them, I'm not naked to the world, um, but they can email me at stephen at collegerecruiter.com. It has been a real pleasure, Mike. You're one of the real gems of the industry. Oh, thank you. It's been my pleasure. My pleasure. You guys have a great day and thanks for having me. Yeah, you bet. It was uh, it was our pleasure. And I guess that's it for today's episode of Job Board Geek. Be sure to subscribe however you like to. A lot of people use Spotify. A lot of people use Apple. Make sure if you do that, that if you so feel the urge to give us a review, thumbs up for Jeff, thumbs down for Stephen. Yeah, Stephen, I'm sorry. That's just the way it is. My name is Jeff Dickey Chasens, the Job Board Doctor. You've been listening to the only podcast about the business of connecting candidates and employers. That's all for now. We'll see you again next time.